Welcome to Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. My name is Phil Strum. So happy you've decided to join me this week. Well, we had a bit of a swerve thrown our way. At the end of last week's show, I mentioned Jim Ross as this week's guest. Well, that didn't happen. He wasn't available. I've interviewed Jim Ross before, and I'd love the opportunity to do so again. He's a great guy. But if you're going to have a swerve thrown your way, who better to have as a guest on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations than one half of the AEW World Tag Team Champions, Swerve in Our Glory, the one and only Swerve Strickland. Swerve and his tag team partner Keith Lee will defend the AEW Tag Team Championship on Wednesday at Arthur Ashe Stadium in Queens at Dynamite Grand Slam against Anthony Bowens and Platinum Max Caster, the acclaimed, basically in the acclaimed's own backyard. Swerve and Our Glory have really been on a roll lately with recent title defenses against the acclaimed and the Lucha Bros. So it's not Fell's house this week, it's Swerve's house. So here we go with Swerve Strickland. Very pleased to be joined by one half of the AEW Tag Team Champions, Swerve in Our Glory, Swerve Strickland. Swerve, thank you so much for joining us this week on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. Hey man, how's everything going, man? Pretty good, pretty good. So let's let's start off with the immediate future and, and the immediate past. You had a successful title defense with Keith Lee against the acclaimed at all out and what was one of the best matches in a weekend that had tons of great matches in pro wrestling and the rematch of that's coming up on wednesday night at the dynamite grand slam at arthur ash stadium how pleased were you with that match and what do you think fans can expect in that rematch and what's essentially kind of a home game for for the acclaimed honestly um that that matchup was the reaction was bigger than I thought they thought it would be initially, but I knew the claim was going to have a big reaction. And I knew that we'd have to kind of like deviate a little bit during the crowd reactions, but it just worked out even better in our favor. And as a performer, that's what you want. You kind of want the crowd to exceed your expectations of what you present um, going into a matchup. You know, it was what you expect. And they did just that. And we just kind of like, that's where it became really fun as a entertainer and a performer and a professional wrestler was where you get to play with those different um, reactions from crowds. And now you get to like navigate and kind of toy with them here and let things simmer here. And you know where things are going to go later in the match. And that's where you can kind of start setting the table and um, you're kind of letting the, the audience kind of dictate how big things are going to get, you know, and me and Keith been doing this for so long at such a high level. Um, we were, we were made for that moment, you know, and th- just the fact to, to deliver something like that as special with uh, the claimed, I, I don't believe they've had opportunities like they had um, prior to all out and to, you know, go out there and do that with them made it really special and a real special moment for them. And then, and we take pride in elevating, other new talent well they're not new to AEW, but they're new in that spot and we take pride in bringing them up to that level and showcasing to the world i'm like hey these guys have arrived you know but they still have a ways to go to keep to reach myself and keith lee you know what i mean um and the extra the extra honestly the the extra icing on the cake for that is the fact that nobody expected us to do that and like that's kind of like the story of my career, not like exceeding the expectations of the critics, the fan base, the locker room, the roster, the wrestling media, all that. You know, that's what I've been doing all my career. Same with Keith. 
And like you said, I, that was one of the best parts for me about it was I, I don't think a lot of people looked at that match on the, the card and necessarily had the expectations for it to be as great as it was. And like you said, the acclaimed, maybe they weren't looking at them as wrestlers. Maybe they were looking at them more as comedy or entertainers or just kind of, you know, but really it was four guys went out there and just absolutely you know, tore it up and just absolutely yeah. one of the best matches I've seen one of the in a long time. And just uh and now you get to run it back in a in a huge stadium yeah. in New York yeah, City. Um, yeah, New York City which is like their turf, you know, like their home their homegrown um New Jersey, New York guys, you know, they're East Coast. I'm a Pacific Northwest guy and Keith Lee is like from the south and Texas and stuff. So we're out of our element and we're going into theirs in a very historic building where Serena Williams has had her uh, last uh, tennis match, you know, in a career, a freaking icon. So we're following that. And as African American performers, all four of us, that's a really special moment. You know, we're carrying on, we're carrying on like a cultural significance to AEW um, on that roster, on that, in that promotion. And for the time, like in 2022, the year three of AEW, I've only been around seven months. Keith Lee's been around eight, you know. That's not that's a short period of time to make the impact that we have, you know, yeah. and we've gotten we got to mix it up with a lot of different talent. We mixed it up with uh, Starks and Hobbs. You know, we mixed it up with Josh Woods and uh, uh, Tony Nese and Mark Sterling. We mixed it up with Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. But somehow we caught lightning in a bottle with the acclaimed. And um, I, I feel like I'm more proud of that. These of this rivalry than any of the other ones, because once again, like I'll reiterate, nobody saw it coming. It kind of blindsided a lot of people and it woke everybody up. And if you're looking at the ratings, we just, we were like, we peaked. And um, uh, last night with uh, us versus Lucha Brothers and with the acclaim coming out, we peaked, we had the highest rating on the show. So that goes to show you that people are paying attention and people are anticipating next week in New York at Arthur Ashe or Grand Slam. You know, and there's more surprises going to come next week in New York. I promise you that. I'm letting you know that now. So next week, the, the people are saying like, "Oh, you can't, you can't do that twice. You can't do it. You can't do it again." They had, they had a magic moment. Then you can't, you guys can't do it again. I'm like, well, y'all didn't expect us to do it the first time. Y'all weren't <laughs> looking at it the first time to do it. So why should I listen to critics saying we can't do it again when y'all didn't even believe in us doing it the first time? So once again, it's another time to for us to put like the Swerve in Our Glory brand on the map, acclaimed and Billy Gunn to put the scissor me daddy ass on the on the map, you know, they're we're gonna we're gonna take it to a whole nother level. And there's so much more that we haven't even unpacked yet as a rivalry as in, in match match form because we only had one tag match. You know, there's still so much more that can be done. There's so much more we have to show. There's so much more that they claim to have to show, you know, and um I like that competitive nature. It's a good camaraderie, competitive nature, and it takes a lot of attention off of a lot of the negative media in the world right now. Yeah, well, congratulations on all of that. And, uh, you know, hearing that about, you know, Serena Williams and kind of the cultural significance of that is, is great too. And it's, it, it's great to hear, uh, you know, that perspective. So how do you assess your team with Keith Lee? And how do you think you complement each other in the ring and in other things like your look and your interviews? I was looking back and I realized, gosh, you know, you guys have been together for five months now and it doesn't feel like that because it still feels so fresh and new. To me, it feels like kind of a thunder and lightning kind of thing, a huge guy and a partner who isn't so huge, but the 
partner who isn't so huge is hard hitting and the guy who's huge is also kind of limber. So what what's your kind of, you know, how do, how do you assess it? Uh, I assess it as the fact that we do need each other on a lot of, um, a, a lot of situations in the ring. You know, there's a lot of things he can do that I can't. And there's a lot of things that I can do that he can't, but there's a lot of things we both can do. But the fact that, he relies on me to do them and I rely on him to do them. And we don't try to like butt heads and clash, but both trying to accomplish the same thing and the same metric. And that's where like a lot of tag teams, like you get like splits and go singles and stuff like that. We're both single stars, but we had to put the single stars aside to become a team and understand like, Hey, I could do this, but I have you here to do this for us. Not for me, but not for you, but for us, you know, and we rely on that. You know, I can deadlift people, but why would I need to deadlift when I have Keith Lee, who's 360 <laughs> pounds right here, that can do that and I can provide another service to the team outside the ring, on top rope, you know, sliding around the way I do, grappling. You know, Keith Lee can grapple, but like I'm more ground submission based, you know, military combatives grappling. And so I can provide that to the team. And it's just like understanding the contrast and blending those things together, understanding like I'm not going to change Keith. You know, I can't do that. He's not going to change me. I have the mentality and the attitude that I do for a reason. That's why I got here. And that's part of the reason why we're successful. I'll do some of the things that Keith is just not, that's not his, that's not in his forte. I'll say some things in a media scrum and I'll say things in promos or I'll go out and interrupt the claim, but Keith Lee wouldn't do that. So it's almost like our opposites make us who we are in a team sense. You know, and then Keith is very like he's um I wouldn't say he's like um he's he's very um very very eloquent with the way he speaks. Sometimes I'm just more blatant. We're saying the same thing. Mine is a little louder and a little straightforward and getting straight to the point. Um, but you need that. So we have a good cop bad cop mentality going on as a team. But it's worked for us for very quite a while now, like five months. It's it's been working. We had some bumps on the road, but. We got past it, you know, like the best teams in the world, they figure out how to adapt after facing adversity. And we've done that. No, no, no team in the, I feel like no team in the wrestling world has done that better than us. And, you know, from the start in AEW, it's always been kind of established well as a tag team friendly promotion. So, you know, you've got some of the best tag teams on earth there yeah. and who's at the top of the division is, is you guys so that you know even knowing that you know you know other promotions over time tag teams maybe are an afterthought or they're in the middle of the card that's not the case in AEW. you know tag teams are a regularly featured piece of the puzzle very much so very much so it's a, it's, it's something it's providing a service that not a lot of other wrestling promotions on television can do in the way that we do it and i felt that that's what makes our product so special is um, not the fact that there's a lot of critics out there that say like we don't do things traditionally the right way, like like traditionally how it's been done for the last 50, 60, 70 years and stuff is like, oh, like you, you need to stick with tradition. And well, like we have places, there's other places and promotions that do do that weekly on television. And that's great for them because that's what works for them. And that's where it got, got them to that place what got AEW to the place that we're at and got the attention that is so much deserves over the last three years. And I'm so thankful and proud to be a part of that for year three 
is the fact that it did do things differently and it deviated from the traditional thing. And it was like, okay, just give it a try. Give it some time. See how it catches on with people. And I feel like the tag teams, the tag team wrestling is one of the big things that pulled audiences from other um, fan bases to come watch us because we were doing tag team wrestling in such a different way. Like to the point that we're doing tag team parking lot brawls, you know, um, with pride and powerful against the best friends, you're seeing um, arcade um, tag match hysteria. Then you were seeing the women, you know, do the, the hard, the lights out tag team matches and stuff like that with shout out Penelope Ford, uh, Anna J, uh, Tay Conti, and uh, the bunny, you know, they were just tearing it up. That's just, it's just uniquely different. And then you're seeing like two top single stars who are two former AEW world champions as tag teams, as a tag team champions with Kenny Omega and Adam Page yeah. set the mark for tag team wrestling in AEW, you know? So that's like, that's very different and very unique. And I feel like that's what drew a lot of people to AEW in the first place. And I, and me and Keith Lee being there, like we want to keep pushing it forward. Cause now you're seeing two, like the first ever African-American tag team champions in AEW. I mean, Scorpio Scott was the first African-American to win the tag team title in AEW, but like for a full team, you're seeing that. And now you're seeing like the first time, um, two African-American, like two African-American teams go for the AEW tag team titles in all out at, at a pay-per-view period for the company. So that's also pushing tag team wrestling further in another sense, you know, and now doing it again on live TV in Arthur Ashe next week. So like we're pushing it further again. So it's just all defining these different variations and different like unique ways to present tag team wrestling to our audience. Who's always been watching and following us for that and finding different unique patterns and ways to mix it up and stuff. And, you know, like another way was shout out to the like Bucks versus Lucha brothers who did one of the best tag matches in history, in my opinion, in that cage match, Right. you know? So like, it's, it's, there's so much more to be done with tag team wrestling. I'm just, me and Keith are definitely proud and we take pride in being the, like we call ourselves the mountain Mount Everest of this division. We truly believe that because we want to set ourselves apart and above all the other tag teams to push everybody else to try to meet that standard. That's great. And I, I've always, as somebody I've watched wrestling for th- over 30 years. So it's, it, you know, you could appreciate the tradition and, and learn from it, but also be progressive at the same time and how you present it. So I think it's great what you guys are doing. Um, Thank you. Every, everywhere I've seen you, it seems like your music is a big part of your vibe, no matter what. How, how important is that for you to have something you seem so passionate about be part of your wrestling persona as you, as you try to connect with audiences? Uh, I'm a, I'm a big um, a proponent of everything has to have um, everything has to have continuity going all the way through. You know, um, I don't want to come out to music that I don't look like I would come out to, or it doesn't seem like I would wear what I would wear to dance to that music or walk out to that music or my videotron wouldn't match the sound, which wouldn't match me. All of these things have to come all the way through. Like how I move in the ring is how like the tempo of my music goes. You know, how I walk to the ring is the, with how my movement is. Also with the outfits I wear and the jackets and all that stuff, all that has to match um, the sound the music, you know, 
Um, I was fortunate enough to work with uh, Flash Garments and Prophet the Producer, who both worked with Kanye West on the Donda album, and Prophet won two Grammys for working on the album. And I was fortunate enough earlier this year to go to the Grammys um, with Prophet uh, in Vegas and watch him win those two Grammys. So that song, that my interest music, like this one, um, Big Pressure, is like a huge, huge, huge like jump in status as far as like what I've been coming out to over the last 13 years of my career. You know, this is like, this is, this is like a big money track, big money song with big money people involved in it that know the business of music, you know, and they know the art of it too. And just meeting them and vibing with them. Just we were working on that song at like three in the morning in Los Angeles. And just by interacting with us, they, they knew who I was and how I could, how this song would work with me and like understanding that trap beat sound, that bump, that 808 sounding in an arena, like it just matched everything and just took it to a whole new level, especially coming out the first time hearing it in a big arena was at um, uh, revolution earlier this year for AEW and flash was there um, uh, ringside, literally like hearing it for the first time. And he exactly how he, said it was going to sound is exactly the feeling we got when it actually came out and debuted it when I came out and signed that contract for AEW. Wow, that's great. And how often are you still in the studio and coming up with things? How do you, how do you have time with all, you know, obviously you're hustling a lot be on, on the road with wrestling too. Yeah. Um, I find every two weeks I'm, I live in Orlando, but I drive down to St. Petersburg, uh, Florida, which is about an hour and a half, two hours on a good day of driving with no traffic. Um, uh, I get in the studio every chance I get, you know, I have camaraderie with one of my, um, engineers, uh, uh, stylish T, shoddy T, stylish ENT, uh, down there in St. and St. Pete, Florida. Uh, he's been help working with me, developing my sound for the last three years, working with Montezzi in the studio. Um, he's my co-host for the Swerve City podcast. He taught me how to rap from ground up and, um, my biggest goal was just to never let him down. I didn't want to ever make any music or any, any verse or anything. And he'd just be like, come on, man, you can do better than that. I never wanted to hear that. So that always pushes me to get in the studio and always pushing me to like make those long drives. It's what I've been doing all my career with wrestling, just like making long drives to make towns and like, get on shows and all that. So this was like, Oh man, I don't have that aspect of grinding my career anymore as far as wrestling wise. I'm going to take that same grind and determination and put it towards music. So I just kind of like transferred all that energy and put it towards music while making those long drives and being consistent with like trying to like make the next hit, do a better verse, get this artist on this song, you know, find this sound. I worked like, I just released lifeline that's out on um, all streaming platforms Swerve the realist is my artist name. And that's been doing great numbers. I was produced by profit who um, did my entrance music. And I was just developing a song featuring Anthony King. Anthony King is a wonderful artist, you know, um, from New York. I hope to see him next week. Um, it's been uh, it's been beautiful opening that other part of my brain, and as far as artist artistry goes, and the podcast is helping me my speech when it comes to promos, and the music is helping my you know my speech when it comes to the podcast, and like it, all of it is kind of like coinciding, and it's been this wor- big whirlwind. Does, do I lose a little bit of sleep? Yes. Do I lose a little bit of my weekends sometimes and resting? Sure. But at least it's productive and it's going towards something that's going to produce something else. 
you know, like just opening up that lane of um, that ability to be able to rap and make music has opened up my opportunity to get like a Kevin Gates to come to AEW. You know, it's opened up these opportunities for me to go to the Grammys in the first place. It's just opened up this whole other world of like all these things and th things I can do. And just what makes me separate myself from every other uh, performer on AEW and honestly, every other performer in the world. There's not, there's, a, there's other rappers, you know, shout out to um, Max Caster for being like the first rapper here in AEW doing it his way. I never wanted to like clash with him as far as like, characters so i just removed myself from rapper and just made myself a mogul because that's what like i just it's just a different level of like this still supporting the hip-hop culture but it just in two different lanes so it's just like you see like um a guy who's i i i how i envision it is like an ll cool j versus a p diddy you know p diddy can rap but he's a mogul like <laughs> primarily, but LL Cool J is one of the greatest rappers of all time in, in, in the world, you know? So it's just like, it's just two different lanes, but you get the same type of, you know, like you get the lovers of hip hop, you know? Yeah. And it's funny. Cause I was, I was going to ask you about Max's rap, but didn't Keith Lee also used to rap his own uh, theme song too? Uh, he, he did. He said that he told me he, that was his first time ever rapping was for that song. He never rapped. He's a singer. Like he's like a more oh. of a, yeah, he's more of an alternative singer. So if this lasts even longer than it does, like I would think there has to be some sort of musical collaboration down the road with Swerve and Keith Lee. I'm very sure. Maybe so. We'll see. We'll see. It's, it's hard to get that man out of bed, so let alone get him in a studio. <laughs> so we'll see about that, you know, especially like getting him to a studio, like send a verse, send a verse. Three months later, go by. Where's that verse? Where's that hook? Where's that chorus? Like, you know, so it's tricky with that, but he has a lot of things going on in his like in his life too. He's like building some things and like other projects outside of just wrestling. Yeah. So um, I think we'll see that come like uh, either later this year or beginning of 2023 in the foreseeable future. So he's got some big things coming too. Very good. And you mentioned the Swerve City podcast. Now, uh, you are only uh, episode 28 of Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations right now. Um, what to you makes a good podcast? I'm, 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 I'm new at this myself. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, for me, like, well, like, man, me and me and Montezzi just started off doing IG lives and Facebook lives on our beanbags in my new apartment at the time, like five years, four or five years ago, I believe. And it was just honestly seeing what more we can add, who we can add to the podcast team to make it grow. And I feel like, honestly, without my team, this podcast isn't where it's at and going to continue to go where it can potentially grow too. you know, um, without like um, X who does a lot of our filming for social media for the podcast. He also shot a lot of music videos. He shot, he actually shot the lifeline music video that I have out now. That was all X um, Mike, uh, behind the mic on social media um uh, he does a lot of editing and does a lot of the sound and stuff he's he got dean mike to go from uh ww superstar bailey so ever since bailey named him that he's been mike the goat ever since and kofi kingston right after that just like crowned him mike the goat which he is great at everything he does in the media department um and we have siren siren who's the videographer who shoots all the camera work, you know, and, and we have TZ and myself and we call ourselves the dream team. We're like, without one of us, I don't think we, we win the championship. We get, we get bronze, we get silver, but when all five of us are on the floor together, we get gold. So, 
Um, it's just been growth um, as far as content. It's just understanding your guest and what other what other um, podcasts are um, asking that guest and how to deviate and find different um, avenues that that guest doesn't really talk about often. You know, try to tap into things that that person doesn't typically answer all all the time, you know. So it takes doing some research, like seeing how they talk or what how they're questioned, how they um, respond to certain content and the questions. And um, honestly, making them laugh, making them have a good time. You always want them to come back and people want to come back to a place that they have a good time. In. And we always have a good time on Swerve City Podcast. We have a lot of tongue in cheek jokes. We take jabs at other wrestling promotions, other artists, other movies, other comedy specials, other shows, other music. We do it all the time. And that's what makes us a little like edgy to a certain extent. But it doesn't help help us. It doesn't help us burn bridges with anybody in content. So we can always connect on content with other people because like some, sometimes they, they, they get the jokes too. And it's yeah. fun, but you got to make it fun. You got to make people want to laugh and make people want to like step outside their comfort zone when it comes to talking and conversating, especially with people that they'd never met before. Right. Like that's a big thing. And for me with this, you know, pro wrestling is always such a tough sell to anyone uh, sometimes, especially in traditional media. So for me, it was always just, you know, I've, I've interviewed people for years and I've, I've written about wrestling for a long time myself also and interviewed tons of people. But just for me, it was just this is just conversations with interesting people like this. is Don't even consider it. Yes, wrestling is the root of it. But some of the most interesting people I've ever talked to have been pro wrestlers. So if I could have a nice half hour conversation with somebody, it's, you know, you're going to be able to enjoy this, hopefully, whether you're actually watching pro wrestling or not. So that's exactly. So um, totally lost track of where I was in the meantime. That's a good conversation right there. You lose track. Sometimes you don't go off the notes. You just lose track and just start flowing. I knew what I wanted to say next, but um, <laughs> the one thing I, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up was I, I thought Hit Row with you had more potential than anything I'd seen in a long time. In, in oh, thank you. Uh, it was amazing that it got dropped so quickly. Uh, was the product on TV what you expected it to be? And are you happy to see it in the mix back there now? The kind of sort of a I'm happy. I'm happy to see where it's at now. I'm happy to see them in the mix, and I'm happy to see those three individuals getting a chance to perform again on that level weekly you know um under the triple h regime they have more of an opportunity to express to um truly showcase all the what they potentially can do on their own you know um aj was um top dollars a brilliant mind for a lot of that for for a lot of what we did in the past at nxt and starting up with smackdown and stuff like a uh, top dollar presented a lot of brilliant ideas and literally formed a template to how all four of us were going to interact on a weekly basis and talk and stuff. Like he's a, he's the, truly the godfather of the hit row group brand. You know, I was like the front man because triple H wanted me to just be like, Hey, this is how you can bring these guys to television. And it'd be like a comfortable, like showcase for him rather than just being like, Hey, here's some, here's some guys on television. It was like, I was already on television on NXT, right. you know, having like, have being presented in a certain light for like two years or a year and a half, two years almost. And it's like, so putting them with me, it was like a smoother transition to television rather than just presenting hit row on TV as themselves. So like, um, Brianna being like 
the female of the group, like four, like three guys, one female, and all four of us can hold our own as far as like talking and stuff. She was such a professional, great performer, like barely ever slept, slipped up on a word, barely ever like had to do another take on anything. Like she was just so precise and on point that it made all of us have to step up our game to um, perform with her and to Hootie bringing the swag and like just a different type of like mesh mellow type um, suave character and then having his background in the military and his actual story as a person. It's like, man, now you can relate to these guys in such a way that like, they're not just like, they're not just like performers. These guys are real people. And I feel like um, Ashante brought that to the group. So now you're going to get to see them like do it on their own um, and truly take it to different heights that we, we like, like we got it to the main roster. All four of us got to the main roster and now I'm excited to see how much further they can take it on their own. Great. Uh, we're going to move on to something we call the three count. Now it's going to be three quick questions and your answers. Um, have you ever had the opportunity to use whose house swerves house or derivatives of it in your everyday life? And wh what is it like for you to hear whole, you know, entire audiences getting into that? Oh man. Um, uh, yeah, the backstage conversation has popped up <laughs> for sure. <laughs> like, honestly, it's not even for just for me. It's like when like, um, producers, like, um, you know, Jerry Lynn said, like, uh, had, had just talked to me, uh, I believe yesterday say like, like, um, something about him and his wife. And she said like, who's going to clean this house? Who's house? And then Swerve house came up <laughs> and his wife answered back with Swerve house. So I'm like, okay. So it's transitioning into regular everyday lifestyle culture, which is cool. Um, my mom plays around with it sometimes just when she has friends over and stuff. So that's a funny thing. Um, it, uh, it's been like, it was just literally, um, like I said, I go back to revolution, um, coming out to sign that contract. That was like my initial, like dip my toe into the pool, see how cool it is. Is, is there are like just whose house and the whole arena doing that was just like, okay, I was, we're, we can dive in now because now is like, okay, I'm, I'm a little more comfortable. But just like that, that really stemmed from Defy Wrestling in like 2016, I believe. Like when I uh, faced off against Leo Rush, it was just a natural thing. And they just took that from like a little small music hall from Washington Hall in Seattle, Washington. And it just, just emanated all the way across the country, all the way across to the UK, where it just like takes off. And it's just like everybody's whose house, where's house overseas. So I'm, I'm really proud of that like moniker so much that the LA Rams are using it. And I was definitely using it before the Rams. <laughs> I don't know how they got it, but I definitely used it before LA Rams, which is my favorite football team. So they can have That's, it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so next question, other than Swerve, if you had to name the three most musically inclined wrestlers that you've run across in your career, who would they be? Leo Rush is one of the top ones. The dude is brilliant. He's never, he, he's always working. Um, sonically, he's, has, he's very gifted. Um, uh, Brody King with the God's Hate, awesome band. Wow. They, they still tour and perform, and he's like mosh pitting and jumping off stages with Darby and stuff on concerts. It's crazy. That's they're awesome. Um, uh, another musically inclined person. There, there's there's a lot of guys out there that are that I've ran across and interacted with. Um. Does Myron Reed. Myron Reed, okay. Myron what, Reed's really good, really good at it too. What, what really is he good doing? Rapper. I've seen both of you guys in MLW in the past too, so. Yeah, I've, I've actually did a feature for him one time on a on a song of his. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's Myron Reed's also like like young young. Uh, he calls himself the young goat, and this uh, it's he's he's living up to that name. Every time I see him, he's just raising the bar and getting better every day. Very good. And finally, if you had to show anyone a Swerve Strickland match or clip that would best represent you, what would it be? Hmm, it's hard because like you can't really get a bit of a true can't really get a true feel of me from one clip and from one match because there's a million different sides of me like i could show i could show you um hit row doing the cypher at great american bash last year yeah and that doesn't give you a full vibe of what swerve is i could show you hell of war from lucha underground but that's not swerve that's kill shot but that's just another side of me against dante fox then i could show you um, Shane Strickland over in OTT in Ireland having like 5,000 people singing Ain't Nobody from Shaka Khan. <laughs> then you, I can show you Shane Swerve Strickland um, facing off against Matt Riddle at Evolve in MLW. You know, um, then there's Isaiah Swerve Scott with versus Leon Ruff and Bronson Reed. Which is just like hard hitting, beat the hell out of you styles that I've done, you know. Like, then there's the ring general that you see now with like uh, swerving our glory against acclaimed. So, I can I play I I wear many hats, and I can um I kind of like take one off and put another one on depending on the scenario and the situation. I feel like next weekend, um, Arthur Ashe at Grand Slam, I'm going to have to put on a different hat again, you know. Um, and uh, the, I think that's what makes me one of the most unique performers in the world. Like, yeah. there's not a lot of people that can wholeheartedly do – there's people that can do what I've done, but not everybody can do everything that I've done in one person. I'm yeah. one of the few that can do that, and I feel like I've earned the right to, like, put myself out there as one of those people. Well, your answer certainly uh, emphasized your versatility, you know, and, and all the different ways that you, you showed that. And, and obviously you show that in the ring, you show that in, in all your work and, and in your music. So, you know, congratulations on all your, you've accomplished and are going to accomplish because, you know, it's, it's kind of just the beginning for you at this point, still <laughs> crazy enough as it seems, but uh, uh, thank you so much for joining me today on under the ring pro wrestling conversations. I really, really enjoyed this and I really appreciate the time you gave us today. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, man. Appreciate this. Good luck at uh, Arthur Ashe. Yes, sir. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us today on Under the Ring Pro Wrestling Conversations. I'd like to thank Swerve Strickland for joining us, and I'd also like to thank John Schneider from AEW. Join us next week, where our guest will be former WCW Tag Team Champion and pro wrestling veteran Crowbar. You might also know him from times as Dangerous Devin Storm, but he has a lot of Great stories and great perspective from his 30 years in the ring that I think you will enjoy. Thanks again and have a great week, everyone.